Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's give God a praise for his goodness and his mercy. And his mercy endures forever. When we talk about accessing, access, uh, assess, assessing or an assessment of the gifts, we're talking about evaluating the value of your spiritual gifts. In other words, God has released, write it down, favors into your life. Favors are in you. God has released spiritual skill, has been released into your life. Whether you manage it properly or not, or whether you develop it or not, the spiritual skill is dormant inside of you. Uh, spiritual abilities as well. Spiritual abilities. Many of us have natural abilities, but God has given you, I call them miraculous faculties. Even spiritual intelligence is in the gift. A spiritual intelligence, a higher level of thinking and functioning, even though people are always picking low-hanging fruit. But God wants us to go to higher realms of spiritual intelligence. He wants us to understand that he has given you rewards. The gift is a reward. It's not that you earned it. He's just gracing you with the gift according to his will. He has put contributions inside of a contribution to his kingdom is inside of you. A contribution to his glory is on the inside of you. Again, miraculous faculties. You have five senses and you have faculty. You have the ability to see, taste, hear, feel, and speak. But God says, I'm adding miraculous faculties to you to do mighty exploits in the earth. And it's not just limited to preachers. It's not just limited to the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, teachers. But it's, it's also given to the body of Christ to e equip, the, equip the body to do great works. We need to be trained on how to work the gifts so we don't bump into each other. There is a grace that's necessary in the will bearings or in the turning of the will of God's kingdom, the wheel, literal wheel, W-H-E-E-L, the wheel of the New Testament church that's rolling into new dimensions, we need to know how to function in the stay in our lane. The wheel has wheel bearings. That's the core. It has spokes. That's translocal ministries. It has a rim that needs not to be bent. It needs tires to change all of the time so it can keep on rolling and maintain traction. So wherever you are in the wheel, you need to make sure that you're functioning in the area in which God has designed for you to function. And so assimilation in this church is the process which makes you and I an accepted, valued, comfortable part of truth revealed truth revealed church family i say again assimilation in the church this particular church and for those of you that are part of other churches a local church is that process which 
makes you an accepted, the process that makes you accepted, valued. We want you to be valued now. We got to have that sense of belonging. But we also want you to feel comfortable yet uncomfortable. We don't want you relaxing and got your hands on the back of that chair like you don't know what's going on. You need to be sitting at the seat of ready as we move forward. We want you comfortable but also uncomfortable as a part of the Truth Revealed Church family. If you're a pastor and you have a church, you want to start moving toward making the people feel accepted, valued, comfortable as a part of the local family. After coming into a saving knowledge of who God is, and we all started somewhere on our journey toward being like Jesus. But as, as we come into a saving, or as we came into a saving knowledge of Jesus, we began to envision in our own spirit and in our own mind the reality of spiritual warfare. When you came into the kingdom, it may have been good the first few months when you got saved. You were able to cry when you worship and just love on the Lord. But after a while, things start coming your way. Circumstances and situations and consequences and things start attacking your mind, even your body. And people start acting up real bad. You know why? Because you stepped into the reality of spiritual warfare. And many people don't even know they're in the war. They're playing with the devil. They're like, like Van Halen, running with the devil. They're running with the devil. And you can't walk with God if you're running with the devil. You got to stop running with the devil so you can walk with God. And so we got to make sure now that there's a reality of spiritual warfare. If you're not in a battle, you're about to go into one or you just came out of one. And God wants you equipped that you go in with these miraculous faculties. You go in fully loaded. I like the men's conference because we're talking about the men's advance reloaded conference. Reload it. We aim and we, we reload every year. And we're going to reload you with some alpha stuff so you can start leading out and not having to be beta when it comes to leadership and expecting others to guide you when the Holy Ghost is inside of you to guide you and lead you into all truth. And so we need to make sure that we understand the reality of spiritual warfare and the need for fulfilling the cultural mandate or the great commission that Jesus gave in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. That cultural mandate is called evangelism, which is the spiritual reproductive system of the mystical body of Christ. If you don't have evangelism in your church, you're not going to have new babies. And all of us should have a sense that we need to evangelize the world. As it gets darker, we need to carry the torch. Citius Altius Fortius here at the church here. Citius Altius Fortius. Citius Swifter. Altius Higher. Fortius Stronger. We need to carry that torch up the hill and make sure that there's an amber light shining in this region so those who are in darkness can see great light because Jesus is shining the light. And he wants to give all of those who are walking in the earth today without any mandate in their life and not knowing that God has created you with a purpose to know that he also has a gift, a spiritual gift.
gift that he wants to download into you as soon as you know who Jesus is. And then he wants that gift to not sit in the back of the corner and you don't want to step on anyone's toes. He, we need to activate the gift so it can begin to function so the body can grow. I'm preaching better than focus saying amen. Maybe you all are listening really intently, but I just want you to know that God has his mind and his eyes on you. Can the church say yes? You said amen. I said say yes. <laughs> Note, evangelism causes us to grow larger. So we grow larger through what? Evangelism. Come on, you can talk back. We grow larger through what? Evangelism. Remember, evangelism causes the church to grow larger. I don't know how any church cannot have an emphasis or put an emphasis on evangelism. It is a gift to the body of Christ. Leadership. We also need to understand leadership is important. So we grow stronger through our leaders. So we grow larger through evangelism, planting the seed of God's word into this society, into the hearts of people. You will see an expansion of the kingdom of God. But you grow stronger through leadership. And that's why I'm pulling on leaders, even in the next message, the next, not the next message, but the next series. We're pulling on leaders to really, really become renowned and mature because the body will grow stronger when we have strong leadership now we want strong follow followers but we need strong leaders we need leaders who are not fickle leaders who don't get offended easily leaders who don't stop coming to church because they don't know what time it is or because somebody didn't speak to them but people who can take the mantle and come and suffer with us can be a part of the team and suffer wisely so we can get things done you're not a good leader if you can't suffer it's like getting in the, in the ring with Mike Tyson uh, or Tyson Fury and you don't want to suffer. But you want the championship. You got to understand that we don't get the championship until you can take a few blows. You better train well or you may get knocked out swiftly. It doesn't matter how strong you punch. You can knock somebody down, but if they got a fight on the inside of them, they're going to get up and keep on fighting. That's what happened in that fight a few weeks ago. Tyson Fury was knocked down and almost got knocked out but he got up and wind up knocking his opponent out you know why because he realized that if you're going to be something you got to be something and so leadership makes us grow stronger i don't know why we would let the enemy affect our relationship with leadership or why leaders have a distance such a long distance between the followers we need to close the distance between leaders and followers and then the third thing is discipleship we grow deeper through our discipleship we grow larger through evangelism we grow stronger through leadership but we also grow deeper through discipleship and everybody should have some scripture that you've memorized and everybody coming in the kingdom before you start functioning in ministry can you follow Jesus this is what Jesus said to all disciples can you follow me follow me don't follow uh, fads don't follow dress codes don't follow rules and regulations learn how to follow me and I will teach you about the codes I will teach you what to do what not to do what to wear I will teach you even by my spirit of what you can get into and what you should stay away from what you should avoid 
That comes through discipleship. And everybody should have a discipleship hat that's hanging on the hook in your home that says, I've gone through some type of training, training, and I got some word that I've memorized and I'm confessing day and night that I can make my way prosperous and I can have good success. Then we also grow in fellowship, kononia, but we grow through warmer through our fellowship. See, fellowship is designed to keep you warm during cold seasons. The more we fellowship, the warmer we should be. And right now, during this pandemic, fellowship has been hindered to some degree, but I just decree and declare that God is making us warm again. Call somebody. Stop acting like you're all alone. You are not alone. I'm here with you. You need to learn how to fellowship. Let's bring the torch of that back to the house of God. And I want to encourage our people to start coming back. Maybe you're not coming to every service, but you need to start pressing your way in. Even in the midweek service, there needs to be more of us that come out. And if you're home, I want you to like and share this feed so you can help me to spread the gospel. And then last but not least, we grow broader, broader through our ministry, our ministry efforts, whether it's the HCI or it is youth ministry or this whatever ministry that you would like to join, we grow, we grow um, broader through our ministry. And I want you to start getting involved with that. Some of us are only involved in one. I would recommend that you get, that you stay away from being in more than three at a time. But you should involve yourself in ministry. It will keep you on the cutting edge. Iron sharpens iron. And you don't know how, how dense you are or how shallow you are, how wide but inch deep you are, unless you start working with people and come out of isolation to challenge that. Amen. You won't even know what kind of maturity you have until you start working with people or what adjustments you need to make so you can function at a higher level. This teaching will show you about spiritual gifts, how to become equipped to do the work of the church through the endowment of God's miraculous faculties in your life. So let's look at a spiritual gift review. Number one, everyone has a spiritual gift. You need to be able to place your hand on your chest and say, I possess a spiritual gift. If you know Jesus as Lord. He didn't just come into your life. He gave you at least one spiritual gift. It may be laying dormant. It may not be polished, but it's there. And I want to just take away the spirit of fear from everyone that has to ask for permission to function in the gift. God wants you to use the gift. Just be wise in how you use it. You don't have to get permission from me to do what God has called you to do around the world. But when you function in the house, that's why you stick with the teaching. The teacher will come out to show you how to work with it congruently with other people who are in the house of the Lord so we don't clash. Remember, we're part of the wheel of the New Testament church. Ezekiel saw it in Ezekiel 1 with eyes all around a wheel in the middle of a wheel he saw the functioning the functionality of spiritual gifts connected as a wheel rolling into the 21st century and you can roll and roll on if you're working together congruently. Are you tied to the axis? Are you tied to the rim? Are you tied to the, re the, the wheels of the wheel so we can get things done? Are you isolated somewhere out there doing things, talking about God has given you a new anointing when you need to work with the kingdom of God, which is connected? So stay connected. 
And that's the challenge with people who start getting the gifts. We all want to separate and start doing things as individual, but individually. But if we work collectively, we can get things done for God. One can chase a thousand. I'm preaching better. And two can put 10,000 to flight. Where's the synergy, the synergistic efforts that God wants to bring into the house of God so we can all work together to fulfill the cultural mandate that God has given us in Matthew 28. And I don't want to keep repeating myself, but but I'm, pre I'm preaching better than you're saying amen tonight. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And uh, discipleship and uh, ministry and evangelism and leadership and fellowship and ministry, all of those key things that makes us broader, warmer, larger, deeper, and stronger. So everyone has a spiritual gifts. Gifts are for believers. Glory to God. Gifts are for believers, but they're also for non-believers. But they're primarily for gift believers to function in. So there are people who have talents, but I'm talking about gifts from the Lord. If you have uh, been endowed with power from on high by the infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, primarily Jesus coming into your heart, he gave you at least one gift. And you'll find that out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I read as a text, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, starting at verse 1 to verse 8, verse 7. And so gifts are for believers. The Bible says you can desire spiritual gifts. I would not have you to be ignorant about the gifts. And so no one should be isolated or ignorant about how the gifts should function in the house. Which means the teacher must arise and the priest, the teaching priest, to show us how we function in the gifts that God has given us. The Bible says in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians verse 1, don't be ignorant concerning that. And see, the Bible says, my people do error, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. And my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Ignorance will hinder the move of God. There are like four things that hinder the move of God. A religion is one. Uh, tradition is another. And ignorance is number three, just being unaware of what God has called us to or unaware of how important you are because he deposited a gift in you. You got saved. It was a moment, but he deposited a gift inside. He set it there, a treasure. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency may be of the power of God and not of you. And see, you didn't come up, you, you weren't born with a veil over your face and you're gifted. No, Holy Ghost put it there when you found out who Jesus is. Don't listen to these fairy tales, these superstitions. Well, you always been, listen, watch that. Watch witchcraft now. Watch witchcraft here because we're not talking about witchcraft. We're not talking about veils. You just, that's just a little film that you had over you from your mama's placenta. Don't get it twisted now. There's some natural birth. There's some afterbirth up in there. We need to get washed off when we're born. Hallelujah. So don't get it twisted. Don't be ignorant about the gifts. We need to make sure that ignorance is not there. You got tradition. You have uh, uh, ignorance. And you have, what was the other one? Religion. And then the fourth one is irrelevance. You're trying to take uh, something from the, the, the previous century into the 21st century. It don't even work yet. It doesn't even work anymore. It's irrelevant to the time.
times. After we moved into a digital age, why are you still analog? Uh, why are you using cassettes when we're now in MP3 and MP4? That's what we're trying to say. We got to start moving with the time. Holy Ghost is already here preparing the way, creating highways above our head. There are highways that are not just down the road here, but there are highways above our head. There's signals that's sending out messages, and we got to learn how to get on the highway so we can get things done, get the swifter, faster, and stronger. Glory to God. And so gifts are for believers. Uh, don't be ignorant. And then you, the Bible says in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, you can desire to prophesy. And God wants you to desire that he will fill your mouth with prophecy. And just because we prophesy doesn't mean we are the prophet of the moment, which is God will use you to prophesy to further the kingdom. So we need to be trained in how we function and flow. People are using all of these languages and things interchangeably, but some things are isolated and we need training in the local church so we can get things done for God. And then spiritual gifts are different from talents. Spiritual gifts are different from talents. Gifts are God-given. Talents can be innate. In other words, he will allow you to be born with a talent. Some people are born with a talent. We say gift, but they're talented to sing. They don't have to take lessons. They just come out singing. And then some of us just didn't get that grace. But I wish I had. I would be a dangerous preacher. Mm, I wish I could tune up because I would be a dangerous preacher if I can preach and get things done. And then take a moment and start singing in the midst of it. Oh, God, help me. Gifts are God-given. Charisma is grace-given. You didn't earn it, but some people have charisma and it needs to be used properly then we have charisma gifts it's different from natural charisma because craftiness resembles wisdom but uh, 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 a person with charisma a person with charisma now may use craftiness as another would, would use wisdom and if you don't know the difference between the two you can get lost in the midst let me just help you craftiness will always satisfy and gratify the user of craftiness. When wisdom will edify everyone in the house. Not only in the house, but even the extended family. Wisdom makes your hair grow. It don't just stop growing when it gets to your back. It keeps growing. The hair grows throughout the house. It goes out of the windows into the community. And she cries in the street. Saying, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? That's what wisdom is crying, glory to God. And craftiness is limited to the house. It only functions with the person who has it through their charisma. And everybody leaves bleeding when the charisma person leaves town. But God wants those with wisdom to edify the entire land. You tap into that force called wisdom, glory to God. And she will not be comforted. She's not hidden somewhere under a rock. She's already standing up. She's expanding herself. She's crying in the concourse. She's crying in the streets she was peeking over his shoulder when he laid out the universe and if you want to build something you got to get wisdom on your side oh jesus hallelujah let me calm down talk about the gift. over to god hallelujah come here sister quickly help me the charisma gifts are given 
by the grace of God and glorifies God. For every believer, you can have a gift. It is also needed by the church of Jesus Christ. It is needed by the church of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much. The church needs you to begin to function, not just in your talent, but in that miraculous faculty that God has put on the inside of you. Talents are learned skills. And you have the ability, if you practice piano, I would like to see more young people coming up with, uh, as a son of Asaph or daughter of Asaph to learn to play skillfully. And you can start now. One of the greatest things you can do before buying an iPad is take them to piano lessons. They need to learn how to work with something or blowing a horn or something like that. It's going to be noisy in the house, beating a drum, pow, 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 tired, all that. But you need to get them involved so they can get some things done. Glory to God. And God wants us to be, uh, be able to move beyond talents, remember that, into miraculous, a miraculous flow. Usually talents are self-gratifying too. When you use your talent, you want people to say, you did a good job kind of get let, let down when they don't. But when you use a gift, it edifies everybody. You will be blessed, and so will the people you use the gift with. Let's look at spiritual gifts versus spiritual fruit. You'll find the gifts in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. The gifts, it's more than just five, and or nine. You find them in Romans 12, find it in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, is right there on the screen. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Then he goes on to talk about those gifts, prophecy being number one. These gifts are seen in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, also 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's easy to remember, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 11. Also, verse 28 of Romans, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 12. And also in Ephesians chapter 4, we have these, the, what we call the, uh, the gifts given to the church, the fivefold ministry gifts. But the fruit is mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. And uh, very, very edifying for you to understand that there is a difference between gifts and the fruit of the spirit. Let me just help you. I don't have time to teach on it. But there are nine gifts of the spirit. Eight of the nine must go through the one called gentleness. I want you to begin to see gentleness as a conduit that births the gifts into the body or into your life. And we should have a manifestation of all nine of the fruit of the spirit of God. You may not have a manifestation of all of the gifts because he gives them out to whom he will. But all of us should manifest fruit of the spirit. The eight, the other eight of the fruit mentioned in Galatians chapter 5 must come through the one called gentleness. If it's faith, you must be gentle with your faith. If it's, if, if it's love, you must be gentle. If it's peace, you must be gentle. No harsh, hardcore, I'm just helping you to get what God has for you. And moving like that when you don't even understand gentleness, when people are hurting, they're broken, they don't know what time it is, and we're just running through them all of the time, we must start functioning with some gentleness when we're pushing out fruit. 
Glory to God. When we're dealing with people who came out of hell and high water, when they came out of abortions and molestations and all kinds of issues, when they had their head almost knocked off, when they were crucified by families, we need to make sure that we're gentle when we display the kingdom of God and the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit when we deal with these people. Glory to God. So don't bring your rap style in the house of God. And just talking like that when you're dealing with the people of God. If you come up here, I need to see finesse in your life. Let me see some gentleness when you deal with these people. Because we got to be able to switch up sometimes. Come on. You got to be gentle in your house. You got to be gentle on your job. When you're working out, go ahead and go ahead and hulk it. But when you're dealing with people, you need to be gentle. Man, I'm preaching tonight. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so let's make sure we understand the difference between the two. Please read up on the fruit of the spirit. Let's focus now on spiritual gifts. Let's focus on spiritual gifts. There are four key passages, and I share them with you. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, but also add 1 Peter 4. Read 1 Peter 4 as an assignment this week. 1 Peter Chapter 4 is going to talk to you about spiritual gifts. They're different kinds, but the same spirit. Different kinds, but the same Lord. There are different kinds, but the same God. What is he trying to say? Just because your gift is different doesn't mean gentleness goes out. It's the same Lord that's working. It's the same God. It's the same Father who's working all in all and through you all by the same Spirit. And that Spirit doesn't change just because we got different personalities. We must submit our personality to God when we operate in the gifts. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so gifts... You'll find it. gifts are there. We also have gifts of service. And then we have gifts of workings. We have gifts. And then we have gifts for service. And then gifts for workings. The gifts are designed to operate or function as an extension of the word. What I'm about to say right now is very important to you. God gave me this and I need to share it with you. Thank you, Lord. And that is the gifts are designed by God to operate or function as an extension. Watch this of the word of God dwelling in your heart richly. Let me say it again. The operation, the function of the gift Operates and functions as an extension of the word of God dwelling richly in your heart even by the same spirit. So gifts are never supposed to function without a sense of knowing word. Right now there's a disconnect with gifts and words. Just a little word but all the gift magnified. People going crazy. But you need to understand now the, the, the gifts are supposed to function as an extension of the bedrock of word that's in your life, that's functioning in you. Listen, richly. Richly. We're coming right out of 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, uh, Colossians chapter 1. 
and verse 16. For in him all things, even gifts, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and even invisible. Look at the word, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Glory to God. And you need to understand all things. And he wants the word of God to dwell in our hearts richly. What is the opposite of richly? Poorly. Let me help you with something here. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. So how can the word of God dwell in my heart richly? How can the word of God dwell in my heart? How is it supposed to dwell in my heart richly? Well, only by meditating on the word of God and speaking or confessing the word of God constantly will you see the word of God dwell in your heart richly. If you don't confess or meditate on the word, that means that the word is, is in soil that's impoverished. The soil of your heart doesn't have nutrients in it. You haven't meditated or cultivated the culture or cultivated the soil of your heart so the word can dwell in richly. That's why you can get a message on Sunday, but you don't confess it. You start reading and playing and singing songs and complaining and don't get in the word and it, it hasn't taken full root yet. Therefore, the gift is stagnant. It can't function with fluency because there's no rich word in you consistently by confessing the word and meditating on it day and night that you will make your way prosperous and you would have good success. So what I'm trying to do here now when I'm about to prophesy, God is about to change the soil of your heart from impoverished soil to enriching the soul of your heart that when the seed of the word goes in, it will germinate quickly. Because the time is at hand. You're trying to do your gift, but you don't have no word. And the word will change your mentality. It will change your attitude about everything. For the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of even the thoughts and the intents of your mind. And if you got a great mind, God has given you something that can expand it. It is his word. You won't worry about the devil doing stuff to you if you start meditating and confessing the word day and night. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success glory to God but we have a, a poor heart soil that is not dwelt in richly because we haven't enriched it with meditation and confession Ah, thank you God but God is about to change that even as I speak glory to God God is about to change your follow ground your 
stony heart, your wayside heart, your non-engaged heart to a heart that can feel. He is going to take out the stone, hallelujah, and place a heart of flesh in there that when he breathes on you, you will begin to sense that he's trying to move you in a different direction. And God is going to do something deeper in the soul of your heart because the gifts need to work from heart soil that has been enriched through the word of God. Glory to God. You're going to see things happen like you've never seen at the end of this year. And even as we move into the new year, as the word increases in your heart, the richness of that soil is going to begin to cause the gifts to move with even more accuracy and fluency. Because the gifts are not supposed to operate independent of the richness in your heart. Ooh, thank you God so I want you to say God change my heart make it ever true change my heart may I be like you for you are the potter and I am the clay mold me now and this is what I'm praying I got I got too many years I've wasted I got too much stuff I've been worried about I haven't really confessed the word. I haven't given you my heart soil. I allowed other things to filter in, glory to God. Even weeds are growing now in my soil. I've got briars in it. I thought the curse was broken. And the earth shall now bring forth thorns and thistles. And there's thorns and thistles in my heart. Even when I try to love, hallelujah, it hurts me. Even when I try to trust, it stops me. Even when I try to embrace something new, something is going on in my heart. But God told me to tell you, and this is my message tonight. The gifts can't function if you don't have the right heart. But God is about to pump something in your heart that's going to change the way you move and have your being. God is about to put something inside of you that's going to begin to manifest the gifts. Hallelujah. And the gifts will elevate and start functioning like you've never seen before. Can the church say amen? I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God told me your season has just changed. Who I'm talking to, but your season has just changed with this word tonight. As you meditate on the word, you're going to see growth coming out of your heart. Glory to God, like you've never seen before. And out of the heart that looks like Jesus' heart, you're going to begin to function in the gifts like never before with accuracy and precision. Glory to God. And I need you on my team, the gifted ones. Even the ones who don't know what your gift looks like. Just say I'm gifted, Bishop, and I'm ready to work. And if you got a gift inside of you, Jesus is in you, you have a gift. And if you just give it over to him, he's going to start working in your life to will and to do it in his good pleasure. Can the church say amen? So we have gifts. And then we have gifts of service. And then we also have those gifts that work. The workings, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Spiritual gifts are very important to God. Let's talk about gifts and service unto the Lord. God says gifts are in divine enablements to attach 
spiritual value to the accomplishment of your physical task within the body of Christ. I'll slow it down. Notice what I said. Your service enhanced by gifts is the divine enablement of God to attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of physical task. Spiritual value is going to be attached to your physical task. Physical, a spiritual value as God causes you to accomplish your physical task, value is going to come to the motion, the process. When you're able to say God did it, ooh. when you're able to say God did it, I know that I'm here, but I'm functioning way over there, up here. I'm here now. I know me. I'm here. But right now, I'm functioning way up here. The distance between the two is God. And when we give acknowledgement to the talents, you don't have to give God a lot of glory. I just thank God for my mama. Thank God my mama took me to get piano lessons. I appreciate my mama. Yeah, yeah, deuce, deuces. And you know, God is good. But when you work in the gifts now, you got to start acknowledging him lest he starts choking it out. You have to acknowledge that the distance between what you do, who you are, and where you're functioning, the distance between the two is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And we got to have a true assessment of who we are. I'm talking about that one that strips down and know what you look like in the mirror. That one. The one when nobody else is around that you're looking at. Not what people see or what you project. But the one that you know. The one that has bad breath in the morning. The one that need to give God thanks for Q-tips. The one that don't have understanding to get mad at the drop of a dime. Yet God is causing you to function at another level. The distance between the two is the anointing and the gift that he put in you. And all he wants you to do is give him homage and acknowledge the fact this is not me. It is God. The miracle signs and wonders that are following my word is coming as a result of God working in me. The one who brought me here is causing this to happen. The one that's no name. You don't know his name. You never heard his name. I'm going to give you his name. Jehovah Jireh. Come on. He's my provider. Huh? Jehovah Nisi. He's my banner. When I don't know who I'm supposed to identify with, I can call Nisi and he shows up. Jehovah Shalom. I should have been dead and lost my mind, but he is my peace. Glory to God. All he wants you to do is acknowledge who he is when there's a distance between your ability and what God can do. Glory to God. So divine enablements come to you through the gift to attach, notice, to attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of your physical task. God wants to put physical, spiritual value uh, uh, he wants to put spiritual value on your accomplishment of doing what you do naturally. Thank you, Lord. Let me help you. That means he's got to change our heart soil because remember that the word of God is supposed to dwell in our hearts richly. 
Glory to God. I need somebody to find that in Colossians chapter 1 or 2. I need to find and let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Because I want to make sure you got that. I gave you first uh, Colossians 1 and 16. But I want you to find it for me in the book of Colossians. And then give me a heads up when you do. But God wants to change the heart soil so it can be rich and not impoverished or desolate. Because the gifts are supposed to work or launch from a rich heart. Colossians 3, 16, not Colossians 1, 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. There it is. Not Colossians 1, 16, Colossians 3, 16. That the word of God may dwell among you. How can the word dwell in me richly when I never meditate and I never confess? I never meditate and I, you can know word all day, but it's not rich. Ooh, Jesus, it's not rich inside of you. There, there's, there's no vault in you. There, there, is no, there is no vault. There is no wealth inside of you. There is no treasure. And there is no treasure inside if you're not enriching it every day through confession and through meditation. But it's changing tonight. It's changing tonight. With this revelation, you're going to spend more time just confessing the word. When it's, oh, just speaking it out. And when you do it, oh, your heart is going to start moving and gravitating toward the word. And you're going to see expansion and root systems taking place quickly. And then God will be able to birth something new. And then the gifts take that single and that signal that's coming from the enriched heart to function with more clarity. Glory to God. The seed of the word is dwelling a lot of time in a swampy heart. I got to hurt you. It, it's dwelling in a, a swampy heart. It's too much water and there's floods. Floods of everything else. Floods of worry. Floods of discontentment. Floods of rebellion. Floods of trying to do it on your own. Glory to God. There's a swampy situation in your heart it needs to clear out and then some of us have hard hearts no enrichment can come to a follow ground it must be cultivated and then some of us have never just been cultivated in the presence of God in the area of your heart but God is changing that tonight oh glory to God and he's giving you a divine enablement through the new cultivation of your heart. Uh, asking him to change out the swamp land of your heart. So he can attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of physical tasks within the body of Christ. Which means there are things that haven't happened yet in the body because the swamp land is bigger than the enriched land. And God wants to change the soil of your own soul. Glory to God in the highest. Service needs a rich land. You don't serve like Martha while Jesus is preaching the word because you're trying to wipe away something. 
that you did in the past. So you clean and you clean and you clean because you don't feel clean. When he's already come into the house. Ooh, Jesus. He's already come into the house, which lets you know he knows that there's a little trash on the floor. Yet he came in anyway. He's saying, you don't have to be perfect before I deal with you. I can come in with a little trash on the floor, but because I'm here, you need to take your mind off the trash. Actually, I'll help you to clean after I give you this word. You don't know me, Martha. You don't know who I am. You're, you don't know that I already know what happened to you. And you don't have to clean to get ready for me if I show up. I accept you for who you are. And Lazarus, I know you can't sit at the table because you're in the room sick coughing. <laughs> I hear you. Go ahead and lay there. I'm still coming to your house and I know you're sick. But you don't have to be well for me to come to your house. I can hear you down the road and it's a deep cough. It may be pneumonia. But just focus on the fact that I'm here. I can help you with the pneumonia if you let me be who I am. Only Mary sat at his feet to hear the word. Which means her heart was of the right soil. People will misunderstand you when you sit at his feet at the right time. Lord, have her get up to help me to clean. Why, Martha? She has chosen the best part and it will not be taken from her. Let me tell you something. When you choose to have the right heart soil, nobody can take it from you. Ooh, Jesus. And don't you be moved. Don't you come off this wall. Don't you let nobody pull you out of this, this, this situation. Don't let nobody pull you away from the Lord. You need to know that he's enriching you right where you are. And he's helping you to get ready so you can launch the gifts next. Yeah. Glory to God. Jesus. Service needs heart soil to be right. Let me say it again. If you want your service to register, check your heart. Lastly, tonight, I'm going to deal with teaching. Another one of the gifts that God gave us. You would see Rabboni in function. Uh, he's functioning even tonight through the teaching. There's, there's a, you can tell there's something on the teaching. You know why? Because Rabboni is working. The gift is working. And that's why you don't have to say, Bishop, stay humble. I know where I am. I know the clarity of thought in my mind. I understand that God is working in me now to speak to somebody under the sound of my voice. Or someone that will hear this message in the future. And the anointing is on it for you. It's on it for you, the teacher. Rabboni showed up for you. The teacher is here. Don't miss the visitation. Don't miss the visitation. Jesus stood on the hill when he was about to be crucified and he wept over Jerusalem. 
I was among you and you missed your visitation. When Rabboni, the teacher, shows up, make sure you take some notes and make sure you apply what the teacher is saying. So you won't miss the visitation. Glory to God. It is another divine enablement of God to understand and to give detailed explanation of biblical truths. The teacher, when he shows up, it is the divine enablement of God to understand and give detailed explanation of biblical truths. It is the ability to search out and validate truth which has been presented to you. Even as I teach, check it out and you'll see us in the word. Be like those who were more noble than those. The, Bere the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word like the Thessalonians did, but they didn't went back and searched the scripture to make sure it was in the word. I don't have a problem with you searching me out. Just don't Google me while I'm preaching. Listen, you got people so smart. I want to see if he's true. Listen to the word first. Take notes and go back and check it out. You're missing it while you're trying to see if I'm a false prophet. <laughs> you're missing it. He that hath an ear, before there was a written word, there was a voice. Let me say it again. Before there was a written word, there was a voice. And you are assigned to a voice. And God let that happen so you would give ear to the voice. Then check it out. But you're not supposed to check it out while you're trying to listen to the voice. Imagine a husband talking to his wife. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me check and see if you're real. Let me Google that. You used the word a few minutes ago. What? You don't know me? You're Googling me while we're talking? Could you imagine a husband doing that to his wife? She would totally shut down. What? That's ignorant. Well, let me see. What did you say? That's not how that's used. Whoa, you're not even hearing what I'm trying to say. If you got a little wisdom, you can decipher and hear the heart of what I'm saying. Not the exact letter of the law. For the letter kill it. But it is the spirit that gives life. You can, you can try to correct letter all day. Or even use the right letter. But the letter will kill. It's only the spirit that causes you to breathe. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I thank you for Rabboni, and I thank you for the service, and I thank you for the exhortation as I teach on the gifts here at Truth Revealed. Thank you for a deeper understanding for those who assimilate with our ministry and go through the gift, the gift segment of the new members class. I pray that even now they would have a deeper revelation of this as they listen to this teaching. And I also ask you, Lord, that you would help those who are on the fringes of ministry still in the city, still in the community, but haven't migrated to the congregation, past the critic, to those who are uncommitted, and then to the committed section, and even to the core group. I pray now that they would at least start the journey by making their way to the house of the Lord and joining so the gift can be watered and stirred up by the laying on of hands. Let it be so tonight. 
And Father, I thank you specifically. You gave me a word for those whose heart soil may be swampy, hard and uncultivated. That even now you want us out of Colossians 3 and 16. You want the word to dwell in our hearts richly. Hallelujah. And help us to enrich the heart soil through our confession and confessing the word of God constantly. So it can become enriched. The word can dwell in our hearts richly when we meditate and confess the word, speak or confess the word constantly. So we can get the, the, the kind of soil that would launch the gifts into another dimensions, new dimensions. Thank you for doing that, Lord. And I thank you for what you're doing here at the church and for every church that's connected and listening to the word of God. I thank you for an explosion of activity in the spirit realm. And Father, I thank you for helping us that are in the battle, the war, hallelujah, for equipping us with gifts that can also quell the throne, the powers that be above our heads, every principality, power, and ruler, glory to God, and spiritual wickedness in high places will be dethroned as we begin to function from an enriched heart soil to launch the gifts of the Spirit of God into new dimensions. Let it be so for every person. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.